Talk Radio 77. WABC. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Right out of the good, the bad, the ugly, Clint Eastwood. That was the scene this morning at City Hall as Eric Adams tried to grow a pair. As he vetoed the controversial NYPD bill requiring cops to write reports on every street interaction. This was created by Jumani Williams, socialist, hates cops. Wants to release criminals from prison. All of that. He's the public advocate and he is gritting his teeth. Hoping that Eric Adams gets indicted by the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District for political corruption. Which is a possibility uh, in this new year. And then he would become the mayor. Unfortunately, we would have, uh, oh my God, six weeks of total chaos and anarchy. And then a special nonpartisan election uh, where a whole bunch of folks would jump in, including me. But that is separate than what has happened earlier today at City Hall. Eric Adams is in a showdown for his ability to be mayor of the city of New York. A city council who has decided that they and they alone will make decisions. And they vetoed. They vetoed. (laughs) the idea that the mayor would somehow protect the police. And the way they did that was voting this legislation into effect created by the cop hater, Jumani Williams. So Eric Adams a week ago decided, I got to chop Jumani Williams off of the knees because the majority of this socialist, Democrat, progressive, liberal city council loves Jumani and they hate me. And so he took shots at Jumani, rightfully so, saying that he lives in the Army base, the active garrison in Fort Hamilton, and that he takes advantages of all the privileges, security, and protection that uh, public office uh, offers. To be able to advocate to erode the ability of police to do protection when you have an entire Army protecting your family and you drive around with police protection. Um, And I don't know when the last time he was on the subway system. Well, he's absolutely right. Uh, Jumani Williams is a sanctimonious hypocrite. He doesn't want anyone to show ID yet each and every day when he goes into Fort Hamilton, where he lives in a private house with his wife and children. He must show ID to the military police. It is, without a doubt, the safest area to live. In all five boroughs of New York City. Now, generally, Jumani Williams will just keep his powder dry and accept the fact that there is a double standard. In this one, no. He recognized the weakness of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, 
mayor of the illegal aliens, standing at 28% in the polls, the lowest polling rate of any mayor in the history of polls, and 10 points lower than his hero, Joe Biden, since he considers himself the Biden of Brooklyn. Immediately, Giumani didn't hesitate. He had a Zoom conference from within his house in the fort in Fort Hamilton, and he shot right across Eric Adams' bow. It's absurd. I, I will say, I live in Brooklyn with my wife and kids, and my understanding, the mayor lives in New Jersey with his girlfriend, so it's uh, funny for him to uh, try to say something like that to me. Well, he does, and everybody knows that in Fort Lee, he's got his beer there at apartment 22H. As you know, Justin Alec, I was there frequently during the campaign. Andrew Yang pointed that out when he was running against Eric Adams in the Democratic primary, but the press protected Eric Adams. Everybody knows that's his place of residence, including Jumani Williams, who wanted to bring that all out to the public because now this is the battle for the mayor to be able to show that he's got a pair. The other bill that he has not uh, weighed in on is the bill that Jumani Williams, public advocate, led city council members, Democrats, socialists, liberals, and progressives to reject, which is solitary confinement, the Bing, as it has been called on Rikers Island. So, for instance, uh, Justin Alec, just imagine that you had a change of life and you were now identifying as a woman and you happen to be a female correctional officer on the rock on Rikers Island, there are male inmates who every day want to prove to the female correctional officers, the screws, that, in fact, they are not suffering uh, from um, any kind uh, of uh, lack of being able to be turgid. They are not flaccid. And so they whip their three-piece out, and they masturbate, and they grab on to the female correctional officers, grab right onto their butts. And normally, they'd be put in solitary confinement, which is not bad. They get their pad. Yeah, we paid for that. They get their slate. And they're in there 23 hours. They come out one hour for uh, rest, relaxation, and recreation. And it ain't too bad to bang. That's exactly what protective custody is, punk city. When the correctional officers are trying to protect you from gang retaliation or if you happen to be a snitch, or if they know that the general population, which is controlled by the various gangs, the Bloods, the Crips, uh, 13, MS-13, 18th Street, Latin Kings, Nietas, Trinitarios, are ready to vamp on you, stab you up, or kill you if necessary. That's what protective custody is. They want to do away with that. They basically want it so that... If an inmate causes a problem, you give him a timeout for four hours, and then you put him back into the general population. That is crazy. The mayor has not vetoed that legislation. Grow a pair. Protect the correctional officers and also other inmates who are not interested in getting involved in all the gang drama amongst the gangs that run Rikers Island. But he hasn't made a determination. He's running out of time. It has to be done by midnight tonight. Hopefully, that will prevail. But what he's got to be able to do is get at least two city council people to decide to leave the cabal and vote uh, not against the veto before what the mayor wants to do to protect the cops. Uh, To be continued, he's got all the opportunities to bribe city council people 
with discretionary funds, with uh, projects that they need in their district. I don't know if he's capable of using the power of the mayoralty because he's never in City Hall. He never sits still for five seconds other than for a photo op. Breaking news here, though, because as all the police officials were assembled today in City Hall uh, surrounding Eric Adams, swagger man with no plans. Breaking news, WABC. A devastating article written by the dean of uh, City Journalists, Great guy used to write for the Daily News, Greg Smith. He now writes for the city. The headline says it all. And if you happen to be watching the press conference, you could see that the police commissioner, Eddie Caban, was like troubled. He should be. Because Consofrito, which has become the latest place where Eric Adams hangs out uh, up there in the Bronx off Westchester Avenue in an industrial section to get wine-dined and pocket line, along with other politicals, rappers, drug dealers, felons, you name it, they're all at Consofritos, is actually owned by Richie Caban, who is the brother of Eddie Caban, who is a former police officer. He is the upfront owner. He has the state liquor license, but everybody knows the guy who runs the show is Jimmy Rodriguez, who is tainted. Jimmy Rodriguez, who at Jimmy's Cafe right off West Fordham Road near Sedwick, who hosted Castro on his visit, and then was known to be a place where drugs were being dealt, shootouts were taking place, so much so Major League Baseball issued an edict that lasts to this day. You are not to go to any Jimmy Rodriguez uh, uh, facilities. In that case, that was Jimmy's Cafe because of the nefarious people who hang out there. Now, you got to ask yourself, uh, Carl Hasty, that might as well be his political clubhouse, Consofrito. You look at all the pictures of all the trendoids, the freakazoids, the jet setters, the drug dealers, the felons, the rappers who hang out there. And you know that really it's Jimmy Rodriguez running this joint like he's run so many other joints into the ground. He'll end up uh, not having any money, probably open up a new place on Gun Hill Road and start the process all over again. The devastating article, though, talks about how the the building itself, Consofrito, the operation owned by Richard Caban, has had violation after violation of city codes facing more than a dozen citations for dangerous conditions by the fire department. The party shared at Consofrito has also been deemed an illegally constructed structure by the Department of Buildings. And in December, a judge ordered Richie Caban, brother of Eddie Caban, to shut down Consofrito's outdoor space. The building's landlords have proceeded with a legal effort to evict the restaurant, calling the place a hazard to the public. Do you, do you have a, a hazard to the public? On Wednesday, another judge continued the temporary restraining order until the eviction question is resolved. How the hell is the mayor hanging out there? The police commissioner, Eddie Caban, they're in all the photos, all the flicks of a place that has been ruled to be a hazard to the public on so many levels. And is really run by this nefarious Bronx guy, Jimmy Rodriguez. Richie, come on. You got a lot of explaining to do how you got into partnership with this guy. 
because he couldn't get the state liquor authority license. We know that. He knows how to run the joint. Richard was never involved in this kind of business before. Man, Eddie Caban and Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Mayor of the nightlife who likes to sample the product. This is another cauldron of corruption ready to explode in the faces of the NYPD who's been there, the PBA that's been there, and most importantly, Ed, excuse me, Eric Adams, and all the Democratic sickle fans from around the city. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. We got a race here, ladies and gentlemen. We got a race. The 3rd Congressional District is neck and neck. Tom Suaze, who has come back from the political dead to reclaim his congressional seat that he gave up to run against uh, crime wave Kathy Holcomb in the Democratic primary where he lost to become governor, has come back from the political grave and was considered the safe choice of the Democrats. To recover the 3rd Congressional District, which includes the northern part of Suffolk, Nassau, and Whitestone, Queens, from uh, the ashes and destruction of the horror of uh, the fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi George Santos. And it was considered with the war chest that he had assimilated, excuse me, assembled, with the help of Hakeem Jeffries, who thinks he's going to be the speaker of the future House of the Representatives, third in line when the Democrats are in the majority in the House, put together a pack to start about $6 million, and they've been collecting money hand over fist since. Team Mozzie, run by Nassau County GOP, the consigliere running it is our own uh, Congressman Peter King, had a slow start. But they're now beginning to uh, get their get their traction with a month to go. Remember, it's February 13th, February 13th, so less than a month to go. And they are really starting to gain traction. In a Emerson College WPIX Channel 11 poll, by the way, I'm familiar with this because during the mayoral elections, these were uh, heavily bent towards the liberals. Uh, when you looked at uh, all of the key keynotes uh, to the polls. So this is not done by the GOP. This is not uh, by the McLaughlin group. This is not done by the Democratic uh, Party of Jacobs, who's the chairman, who's based in Long Island. This is a good reflection of what the race is at now. 45% of registered voters in Nassau County and Eastern Queens uh, say that they would vote for Swazi tomorrow, 42% for Mazi. Now, this is incredible because Swazi, who's better known 
43% unfavorables. Mozzie, only 36% unfavorables. Now, it is very difficult to take an unfavorable person in a poll and suddenly turn them into a supporter. So that's about 43% of the people who are dead set against Swazi under any circumstance. That is horrible. Secondly, the survey has found that all the support that Swazi would expect to have from a district when he ran in the Trump year, which Trump lost 2020, that there would be some coattails from uh, President Biden and some coattails from Kathy Hochul. No. In that same district, there's only a 33% approval rating for President Joe Biden and only 25% approval rating for Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. This poll clearly shows the momentum is with Mozzie. And most importantly, there is a group here that I'm very familiar with because I was the first Republican ever running for mayor to win this group, vote in the election, the Asian vote. Uh, the um, the congressional congressman uh, Lee Zeldin, who ran against Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, he won the Asian vote. But at this particular point, uh, it looks it appears that Swazi would have the Asian vote by two to one, sixty percent at twenty five percent. That can change radically. That vote alone could guarantee Mozzie. Uh, becomes the next congresswoman representing that area, meaning that all of Long Island will remain red and it will not be Swazi blue. And again, we have like less than a month in his campaign. And you know that the Swazi people are getting nervous. I'll tell you why they're getting nervous. The other day, instead of minding their own business and running their own campaign where they've been unmolested, they opened up a campaign headquarters in Great Neck. That's right in Mozzie's backyard. Nobody who came to disrupt them, interfere with them. Vicky Palladino was hosting a rally on behalf of Mozzie, uh, which he attended with uh, Congressman Peter King. It was in the Ameri- American Legion Hall in Whitestone, a sacred, I mean, just a, a place that has memorialized so many who came from Whitestone, who served in peace who served in war, many of whom uh, ended up being sacrificed to preserve our liberty and freedoms. A group of DSA Hamas supporters, Houthi supporters, infiltrated into the crowd. The crowd was packed, and they disrupted Maji. Now, uh, Vicky Palladino, the city councilwoman, spoke. Nobody interfered with her. Peter King spoke. Nobody interfered with him. But then when Mozzie took to the microphone, she was just like five seconds into her speech when the Hamas crazies stood up, went right to the stage and wanted to challenge her. It makes me very, very upset. How dare There were about five Hamas supporters embedded in the crowd. And they were eventually driven out into the street. But what is interesting, Justin Ellick, on the social networking of the Democratic Socialists of America, led by AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, queen of the Socialists of America, 
they are lauding, they are praising what their members did to disrupt this meeting, the Hamas supporters. And it's interesting because the Mazi campaign has touched a nerve. They are playing a commercial now that is being aired on television, radio, uh, cable outlets, and digital. I'm just going to play a little smidgen of it. You will hear it. You probably have heard it a few times already right here at WABC. Ah, this crossword is killing me. Six-letter word for dangerously weak? Mm, Swazi. And it goes on and on. It labels him Sanctuary Swazi. Because in the debate against Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, when Jumani Williams, the public advocate, was challenging her from the left and Swazi was challenging her from the right to become the Democratic nominee to take on the ultimate winner of the Republican primary, Lee Zeldin. A man who was so proud that he kicked ice out of Nassau County when he was Nassau County executive. Swazi was bragging about it, bragging about it. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. When I was county executive of Nassau County, I kicked ice out of Nassau County. And what happened, Tom Swazi? You kicked ice out, and all of a sudden, MS-13 came flooding in. And it wasn't until Peter King, the congressman representing Central Islip and Brentwood in that area, Invited in President Donald Trump, Attorney General Jeff Sessions on Air Force One. They landed uh, out in Long Island. They went right to the courthouse at Central Islip. And the president and the attorney general put together the plan to uh, render MS-13 impotent. Up until then, they were slaughtering people. They were taking them into parks with machetes, chopping them up, burying their remains right there, threatening people. They were forced to be reckoned with because Tom Swazi so proudly says he kicked ice out of Nassau County. But worse yet, his teammate in this effort at the time, 2014, was Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, the governor of the state of New York, Andrew Evilized Cuomo. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. Hear that clearly. Swazi was part of that cabal to kick ICE out of Nassau County, out of Long Island, that allowed MS-13 to become the number one street gang. Uh, throughout Suffolk County and Nassau County. He joined with Cuomo on that. And now he's being called Sanctuary Swazi, and it's clear, according to this poll, that that is resonating with the voters there who are going to forget whatever George Santos' stain was on the 3rd Congressional District. But if the election were to occur tomorrow, it looks like the momentum is now with Team Mozzie. Because of this commercial, Sanctuary Swazi, because Tom Swazi has uh, supported congestion pricing, which would, which would kill his constituents, kill his constituents. But most importantly, because Tom Swazi was given an opportunity to denounce the DSA uh, Hamas supporters in the Democratic Party who stormed like uh, Nazi brown shirts 
a meeting in the American Legion to allow the voters of Whitestone to hear a candidate uh, who uh, was born and raised in Ethiopia, brought to Israel, rescued by the Israelis because of her Jewish background, who became a member of the IDF, married a Ukrainian uh, doctor who was there as he went to the University of Haifa, and then came to Great Neck where they're raising a family of uh, seven, and she serves in the county legislature. He did not denounce them. In fact, he seemed to make fun of those who were asking him to denounce the DSA for committing that kind of an act in such hollow ground in American Legion Hall. Nope, Swazi is quiet. So guess what, Swazi? Strike one, your sanctuary Swazi. Strike two, your pro-congestion pricing. And strike three, you're like an appendage tied to the squad, the DSA, and AOC all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, queen of the socialists of America. Check this out. It's the Riff and Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. The Riff and Read presents Left versus Right, Wiener versus Lewa. Joining me here in the studios of WABC, Anthony Weiner, that you can listen to his own uh, two-hour show, two to four on Saturdays. And then, of course, the um, the show that everyone is focused on now because they're, there's, uh, well, it seems to be there are two guys vying to get into you simultaneously, uh, the left versus right, four to five. Uh, it happened, uh, Anthony, when I developed my scratchathon, my itching, which is nonstop. And all of a sudden, it was a Saturday uh, morning. John says, stay there. You're dealing with your itch. You got the overnights to do. I'm getting in the gladiator ring with Anthony Weiner. I said, you don't have to do that, John. I want to do it. And then all of a sudden, from time to time, I would hear this coming from John's mouth when he'd be upset or, or getting hot and heated and then just trying to get your attention. Anthony! Anthony! I, I thought, wow, that's the calling card for the show. Now, you should, you should feel pretty damn good about yourself that you got me and John Katsimatidis Basically pointing fingers at one another, like who's going to get in the ring with you on uh, Saturday's left versus right, four to five. Well, I, I heard a different narrative, some different scuttlebutt going on here at the studio, and that is that you were ducking me. That as we get into 2024, an election year, when it's left versus right all over the country, that I was hitting you with so many rights you were begging for a left for up to a while, and you're like, I got to get out of there. And then I went on with Dominic, beat him like a rented mule, so finally they thought they had to bring in... To face Drago or to face Clubber Lang, they had to bring in the big man. But, uh, hey, listen, all I can say, this is the way we're going to be here at the station here. 2024, It's we're, we're going to have both sides of the issue, so it's the entire crew against little old me. I must tell you, though, in looking at the ratings of the last three Saturdays that John has been in the gladiator ring with you, uh, 
the ratings were better than it was when I was with you or when Dominic Carter was with you. So clearly, uh, John Katzmatidis looks forward to his battles with you, left versus right. But for instance, going into tomorrow's show, you have your own format when you're talking to people from two to four about the issues of importance to you and the audience. But what are the key issues that you would like to jump into uh, as we go into the weekend? Well, you know, we finally see now we have Iowa voting and it's coming up on Tuesday. New Hampshire is going to vote. And so we're exploring the idea that, you know, now in these these most activated Republicans in the entire country, the the core core base for Donald Trump and half of them are saying no. Half of them are saying, I don't want to vote for Donald Trump, whether it's the 49 percent in Iowa or now Nikki Haley is, is nipping at his at his heels. I, I think what we're seeing now that voters are actually getting a chance to vote, we're seeing some real weakness in Donald Trump. But the other thing that's going on is this week, the Republicans and Democrats are finally sitting down to talk about border security, Ukraine, Israel. And where are where's our House delegation? They're down at the border. They're doing press conferences. Good. They're saying Good. no to anything. They're saying we want this issue so that Curtis Lewa can win his mayoral race, so that Mozzie can win against against Swazi. Johnson was correct to be at the border and say we don't talk about any other issue until we deal with border security, until it's a plan we can both live with and we seal the border. Well, wait a minute. Has Hold to on. Be done. Actually, what they're saying is we don't want to do anything. Now they're saying more and more on the record we want to do anything to help out Joe Biden. Well, help out Joe Biden means you don't want to help the country. We have one president at a time. Let's fix the immigration laws. But right now the Republicans in the House are saying it's our way or the highway, and that's not the way Anthony, divided government works. The president has to help himself <laughs> when he's out on a stage at a public gathering. People look at him and say, oh, my God, I can't imagine. He's the president for another four years. That's Look, that's the biggest negative against him, so much so that you've heard uh, many come forward and say a perfect replacement team would be Michelle Obama and the governor of California. I call him Gruesome Newsome, which would be two new faces on the political uh, landscape. And that Harris, Vice President Harris, would be told, hey, first opening in the United States Supreme Court for a justice, you're it. Sounds like uh, it's something that your team may have to revert to because put aside the issues. When you look at Biden and you see him out on the stage, you say, oh, my God, he's the president. We're in trouble. Right. Have you been listening to what Donald Trump has been sounding like? Look, there's no doubt about it. Both candidates are unpopular in the country and with their own parties. If we can snap our fingers and have another amendment to the Constitution that said both these guys are too old to run, both of our parties would be you, you wouldn't do that, though. You wouldn't, would, have, you wouldn't have an age limit, would I you? I would totally. I, I proposed on my show, which, which we do to two to four. It's called The Middle. I'm considered the middle in the rest of the world. and In this room, I'm considered the wacky left. But let's face it. You, John, whenever I mention Donald Trump, you guys run for the hills. Says, oh, no, we're, we're different kinds of Republicans. Donald Trump is dragging it. Fifty percent of the, of the base of your party knows Having a guy with 91 indictments who won't be quiet, who goes into a courtroom, he's already been found guilty of sexual abuse, goes into a courtroom and insults, insults the jury, insults the woman. This guy is not fit to be president. But if you want to ask me, would I rather have someone besides Joe Biden? The answer is yes. But I got news for you, Curtis. Here, as we're going to talk about on Left versus Right, 4 to 5 this Saturday, it is going to be Biden. It is going to be Trump. And I think it's going to be a repeat of the way it was three years ago. Well, I see he did pull a rabbit out of his hat and he's done this before. 
Uh, we see that President uh, Joe Biden is saying, I'm going to pay off your college loans. I don't care what the United States Supreme Court says. I don't care what outgoing Speaker of the House Pelosi said, that it has to be done legislatively. I am going to start cutting checks. I think he said up with $6 million to start with. Six months ahead of when he had originally planned to do it. So, Anthony, he's trying to bribe young people to vote for him. If you mean by bribe, you mean give big tax cuts to middle class guys who came out of college with giant burdens. Yeah, I know you guys only want to give tax cuts to billionaires and zillionaires, but a middle class. But there are so many people within the sound of our voice who are who have who have 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 so much debt. This is a way to give them a break. I don't see why you Republicans only want to give breaks to rich people, not middle class people in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, in the listening area of our station, which goes over 150 countries. Well, he figures he can buy their votes. And I would think that somebody who's saddled in student loan debt uh, might actually consider that when it comes time to vote. And then finally, we got to bring up the potentiality of an independent candidate, no labels, uh, more and more discussion about that. You mentioned uh, some Republicans are not happy with uh, Trump. Some Democrats not happy with Biden. Seems to open up a pathway here. But ultimately, it seems any third party candidates, they start off strong. But then people get back into that old, uh, and now I'm just going to vote for one or the other. I think you're exactly right. This time of every cycle, we talk about who else is there. Unfortunately for all of us, it's Trump v. Biden. And get ready for Biden uh, uh, Biden, too. Now, whether he makes it all the way to the end of his second term, that's anyone's guess. Well, tomorrow, remember, left versus right. This time, I'm in the gladiator's ring. Uh, John Katsimatidis is away. And could I hear John Katsimatidis call out to Anthony, please? Anthony! Anthony!